Welcome to This Week in the 90s, presented to you by Alive and Gigging, the 90s football podcast. On this week's show, European glory for Man United in the early 90s, not so much glory in the late 90s as one of the king quits Old Trafford. And we take a look back at some of the cup finals. Yes, it's still that time, we're still in May of the 90s. There were a lot this week, let me tell you that. All that and more to come on This Week in the 90s. Hey, this is Alexi Lawless, and you're listening to Alive and Kicking. The 90s Football Podcast. Remember, keep it 90s. We're back. Yes, sorry, we've been away for a few weeks. You have had a full-length episode in between. Um, If you haven't downloaded that already, do so. It's me and John Devlin talking about kits. Yes, it's a kit pod, but it's fun. We talk about World Cup kits and his new book and all that. But all that jazz, as they say. So get get on your what phones or tablets, whatever you use, whatever your weapon of choice is, get that downloading. But we have had a little gap on this week in the 90s. As I said, as people know and they're bored of it, I've been moving house, but I'm all settled now. Um, we were going to go last week, but I'll let um, my first regular tell you why we couldn't go last week. Um, he is a social media mogul. He's a Borough fan. Uh, he's a Kevin Keegan hater, but he's my friend <laughs> and yours. He's Joel Young. How you doing, Joel? I'm alright, how are you? This is where we say that we were meant to do a show on Thursday night, but I got far too drunk (laughs) uh, to be able to do anything. I I just went out to see my friend to go and have a couple of drinks, everything was fine, and then we got told we had to go and babysit an American, and it became uh, just extremely messy, and by the time, because we do these late on the night, it's 5 to 11 now. Um, you know, I was in Norfolk State to do anything, I I got lost, getting to King's Cross Station, so... I did very well there. It might have been a fun show having you that drunk, though. We, if we I, I, I don't know, people, you know, I've, relationships have ended for less than that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that would be good. If you want to drive people away, then that's fine. What were you? What did you teach this American in the end? How to drink then? How to drink the UK it was, way? It, it was just, it was just a, t- a tour of some of the London booths. I mean, we, she was. I mean, we had to educate her because she was drinking in the Punch and Judy in Covent Garden. Of which, course, well known. Yeah. Which, I, I, I don't know, I, I, you know, I think that the first thing I had to do was drag her away from yeah, there because it's such a tourist trap. Yeah. So, you know, so we went to some of the more dark bars, shall we say. Proper pubs. The proper Indeed, pubs of London, yeah. yes. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll do that another time, but yeah, we're back on This Week in the 90s and we couldn't do without our other regular, of course. He is a journalist and he's written some great stuff this week, one of which we're going to talk about. Um, today he wrote, he wrote about something about the match, him and his BFF, Elton Wellsby. <laughs> uh, he is, of course, Matthew Christ. How you doing, Matthew? How's your love and bromance with Elton going? Oh, Elton's a, a great fella. He's always good for... Uh... Good for a chat, good for a bottle of wine and, and good company. But before we go any further, can I just say, um, someone from Middlesbrough not turning up for a prior engagement. I'm sure oh. I've heard that. I'm, I'm sure I've heard that story before somewhere. What, what, We're what going to discuss Blackburn Rovers today. What do you think the punishment should be for that? Well, three points. Oh, I should. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And, and, and my heart's are, I was going to say my heart's already broken yeah. following the playoffs. But it actually, say. You know it what? It really isn't. You know what's annoying? You know, some of us take this so seriously. This podcast. You know, you sit there of, a, of an evening thinking, "No, I just have the four pair side. It's just to be <laughs> professional." And then to be let down like that was, you know, quite devastating. To be honest, I, would say, I can only apologise. Yeah, well, it's apology okay. accepted. We all had a break. We're all refreshed. We're ready to talk nineteen nineties. Um, and it's, it's all good. And yeah, we mentioned Barry. You, as we said pre-pod, Joel, you're feeling all right about the uh, the 2018 Barra, despite that loss, aren't you? Um, yeah, I'm fine about it. I think that um, I think that Villa were a better team across the two legs. Uh, they weren't exactly wonderful games to watch. Um, and yeah, I, I, I haven't got a problem with it. There's been like sort of quite a few Pulis haters on Twitter today, which I think is insane from a borough point of view i think we've got to be realistic about what we are and i'm not scared of who's coming down at all i think you've got to look at us and whoever doesn't go up in the playoffs as the two favorites to go to go up next year i think um i think it's a big summer for us i think you'll see a lot of people leave and i think you'll see uh, quite a few come in but um no I'm, I'm quite optimistic about it i have a feeling that if we'd have gone up, it could have been. I'd, I'd sooner lose at this stage than at Wembley. Yeah, no, yeah, no. And, and then I'd sooner, uh, and then I'd, I'd, I suspect it might have been a bit too soon for us to sort of go up, and we could have been looking down the barrel of a relegation fight again. And 
and I didn't particularly want that. I'd sooner have a bit of good fun for a while, I think. And I think Pulis has got the best out of um, Triore and has, yeah. Doma there. Uh, and I and I think with a, with summer and some money and etc cetera, etc. Cetera, and I think we'll go out and we'll be we'll be in a much better place to go up next year. So no, I, I wasn't certainly heartbroken last night at all, and neither were all of the sensible Middlesbrough fans I, I talked to. Although my the best tweet I saw was from my friend Henry, who tweeted out saying, uh, oh, it's a good away point, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and at least you might even see Steve McLaren next season if he's at QPR, which I'm not, not happy about, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Nothing wrong with Street, Steve yeah. McLaren. Yeah, well, it means we may even get that drink at Loftus Road next season, Joel. That's, that's making yeah. it happen next year. Yes, that, that'll be our aim. Absolutely. But yes. that, that's less of things from 2018. Let's talk about this week in the 90s. We're starting on the 15th of May, 1991. Uh, Matthew wrote an excellent article on this game this week. It is Barcelona v Man United in the good old Cup Winners' Cup final. Um, a win for Man United, the first win uh, for an English team since the in- reintroduction of the clubs into Euro- Euro- in European competition after they were banned from Heisel. Um, not only is this up your street because you're a main eye fan but you've written about it so tell us take us back to rotterdam matthew 1991 uh big game big win mark you special wasn't it yeah i mean it's we could probably do a whole whole show on this game because from a, from a united point of view it, it, it was pivotal this game because um obviously to get into the cup winners cup final of oh, the cup winners cup united had won the uh fa cup the season before a, a game that Many people think saved Alex Ferguson's uh, job. It was reported that he was going to get sacked if you know if United didn't progress in the cup or, or win it. They did win it, um, and uh, that summer it was announced that English clubs would be allowed back into Europe after the uh, five-year ban, except Liverpool, who had to, another year of the ban to serve. So United and Villa went back into Europe, and I remember it well because a lot of United fans just thought it was a bit of a, uh, a bit of a joy. Yet really, it was more of a case of oh. You know, back in Europe, just to, an excuse for a bit of a, a trip around a few European cities, and then uh, such as Wrexham, such as Wrexham, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, pesky Munkash first, Wrexham, Montpellier, Legia Warsaw, and then uh, and then Rotterdam for the final. But um, yeah, so I mean, I remember that the first game in that that series of games was against Pesky Munkash, and I think there was only about thirty odd thousand people there. It, was, it, it just again back then, football was very different, and it wasn't as as glitzy as it is now, but um, as the run continued, it, 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 it gathered pace, and it it really sort of, um, to me, this campaign sort of set out the stall for United of what was going to come in the 90s. Obviously, they'd won the FA Cup, but, you know, a lot of teams had done that and not progressed, but then by progressing in this competition and ultimately winning it, it really, uh, it really set the bar for United for what was about to come, and after this, uh, after winning this competition, they didn't go a season without winning a major trophy until 2002, which is pretty amazing, isn't it? Because if you think back to those days, early 90s with United, no, could, nobody could have really seen that coming. I mean, even even when they won that night, it was, I mean, it was fantastic. It was brilliant. It was glorious. But I don't think anyone really thought, oh, there's going to be a, some kind of dynasty here on the back of it. And ultimately, there was. Um, following season, they nearly won the league, won the league cup, and then season after that went on and won the league and blah 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 but it was a it was a great night I was actually I was there but I didn't get in the ground I was in um, Holland that day and it absolutely bucketed it down with rain all day it tipped it down um, but that final was probably the most 90s thing you could ever see if you watch it back from a United point of view I mean you had the baggy jeans you had the bucket hats you had <laughs> um, playing James before the game it was just such a sort of Manchester you just described era. Joel's youth there in one sentence well it was, it was my youth as well I mean I remember I remember going over on the ferry and there's all these lads and yeah I mean you compare it now to I mean oh, I don't know don't get me started but you go to games now and you see the kind of people that go to football I mean then it was just lads there was no very few shirts very, no no half and half scales anything oh. like that it was just basically oh, I mean, don't get me started. I'm, but um, but it was just, I don't know, I mean, if you're not a United fan, it probably wouldn't mean a lot to you. But it's just, you watch it back. And um, if you do watch it back, you'll see the fantastic coverage with Elton Wellsby on the gantry with uh, Dennis Law was and Jimmy Green. Clang. Was that a name dropping? Yeah. <laughs> your, oh, yeah. Your I friend. don't think I mentioned Elton. But, um, but it was just a, it was just a great, um, it, it was a pivotal night in hindsight, because obviously we know what came of it. But um 
if nothing else, it was a it was a great night and a, and a, and a fantastic game really. And Mark Hughes came back to haunt the team that he'd uh, he'd gone to Barcelona in the mid late eight, well mid eighties and pretty much failed miserably really, and uh, came back and bit them on the backside in emphatic style. But um, I don't know what you guys remember of this game, but I mean it's a bit um, my uh, it's very much rose tinted spectacles for me because it was my sort of peak of of watching United. I remember bunking off school to go to the Legia Warsaw semi-final and all those kind of things that you did when you, what was I, 14? So um, it was peak, peak watching football era for me and um, it was a pretty good time. I, I would swap out, I think I'd probably swap everything that happened in the years but since to go back to that era really. In terms of watching United and watching football, I just thought it was it was great. And, uh, I've, I've got really curious memories of this this guy this game and this run because um, it's kind of the first European campaign I remember from an, from an English team. So I remember really finding really exotic that um, Man United were playing someone like Montpellier, who I had never heard of at the time, and, and even Wrexham. I thought that was really odd that they were playing a team from Wales. But what I really remember, and this is such a random memory, and this has nothing to do with the game whatsoever. But it was the night it was on, so I assume back then, Wednesday was it a Wednesday, something like Wednesday that, possibly night. Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah I was because you know, heavily on a dip. Well, the Europa League was just not, was Thursday. It was tonight when it? it just happened. But so that was a Wednesday night as well. But the Champions League's on a Saturday nowadays isn't it but yeah I remember this being on a Wednesday night and I was allowed to stay up a bit later and watch what happened um, but at, the, at that, that particular night my dad had organised for a salesperson I suppose they were called at the time to come round and talk to us about getting cable TV for the very oh. first time in my, in my house yeah, you must you were posh we yeah, must have been. Well, I hadn't heard about cable TV uh, until about five years after. I know. Well, <laughs> it was my nan who had it before me. That's how posh we were yeah. living did in. You the, did you have the box in the corner that you had to physically click round from channel to channel, or did you have an actual remote control in a little I box? Think my, I think my nan had one of each. She was quite. She was up with the game, my nan, because that's where I first discovered WWF at the time as well. Flicking through the channels and seeing it on Screen Sport or whatever it was called at the time. Eurosport uh, used to show prime time yeah. wrestling. On. Tuesday night. There yeah, it must have been a repeat or something like that because I think it was a Saturday or something like that. And I was flicking through and I saw Bobby Heenan and Grillo Monsoon with all the figures in front of them, and that was like, Whoa! but yeah. So I was really excited to the fact that we were going to get cable TV and Sky Sports who were showing, you know, whatever they were showing at the time, the um, ZDS Cup or whatever rights they had. So the, and this game was playing in the background. I can even vaguely see the woman saleswoman and she was you know she looked a bit like diane louise jordan from blue peter if anyone remembers that <laughs> famous <laughs> Current, currently on songs of praise oh, keeping that really keeping yeah. that really 90s well yeah that's what i like to hear <laughs> is she still about i didn't even realize she was still going yeah yeah, yeah 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 so that pops up on the london london marathon sometimes as well oh, as go on, report. go on diane um, so yeah, they're my memories of it. But I watched it back today, Joe. I don't know if you've seen these. And um, the goal, the first goal, what a cheeky steal by Mark Hughes. Did you see that, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think I, I think it is Leslie's game, isn't it? Really, Hookes <laughs> they called him in uh, Barcelona uh, because you know, as Matthew said, he had been something of a flop really over there, and then he'd um, and then he'd just come flying back and it, you know it, it was because he i think was he a venables buy for barcelona i can't imagine yeah he went, yeah i think so he, yeah. he went he went there at the end of the uh 85 he was on 250 quid a week at united and he went to barcelona for 10 grand a week yeah with gary Lineker. well he didn't go with gary Lineker. he went he hand in hand with gary yeah yeah <laughs> apparently uh hughes was struggling badly and Lineker took to it like a dr water and apparently during games Quite often, Lineker would shout over to Hughes, "Think of the readies, Mark. Think of the readies." That was, <laughs> that was his. Uh, that's what he used to shout to him. So basically, say, "Just get on with it." And, but I think Hughes really didn't take to it at all. He didn't like so many players. Then like Ian Rush, when he went to Juventus, I think um, Hughes just didn't take to it at all. Well, which is a bit unfair because he went to Bayern Munich, didn't he, on loan after? Um, and he after, sort of got his mojo back there. Yeah, didn't I, he, think he, I think he just. I think he just took to German football more than Spanish football, which is quite understandable looking at the kind of player he was. Mm. He, he was much more a German player, I think, than a Spanish player at that time. Um, so that, but, maybe that's why it didn't work out. But what I'm getting at is he stole the first goal off Steve Bristow, didn't he? Let's be honest. It's a strikers, it was a striker's... It was going in, that's though, his jo- it? That's his job. That's his job. <laughs> it was going in, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. He, did, he of... did credit the goal later on. He did say later on that it was Bruce's goal, but I mean, it is still his name on the score sheet. Yeah. yeah and Steve Bruce celebrates like it is his goal as well. <laughs> yeah. Terrible bit of goalkeeper. I mean, if yeah. you remember, I mean, it sort of crossed into the mid sort of edge of the box almost. And the 
Bush gets the keeper, comes out and doesn't really do anything. Bruce sort of heads it towards goal more than that goal, doesn't he? So mm. I suppose Bruce has to, um, Hughes has to follow it in. I'm sure Brian Moore probably shouted, it's in there when it when it crossed the line. But um, I was just yeah, happy look, to see David, it going. David Nugent's only England goal. That's exactly you know, what I was going to say, Joe. <laughs> you've got to do them. You've got to do it. I always remember that we're not keeping it 90s with this story but I, when I was working at, well I was working at Kick but it was a different publisher at the time my editor who didn't like football whatsoever but was just the designer of it just he was outraged at David Nugent stealing that goal he was like you shouldn't do that it was Jermaine Defoe's goal and I was like mm, strikers that's what they do I spoke to Gary right. Lineker yesterday that there's a striker he used to do it all the, all the time clang clang on did you hear that noise oh, yeah. <laughs> hey come into, a, come into the podcast soon it's all for I'll it. see I'll see your Elton Wellsby and I'll raise you at Gary Lineker. Well, if, I could raise you even higher, but I'll stop there because they're coming to the podcast soon. If anyone's seen the Twitter feed, you'll see who I spoke to yesterday at the BBC World Cup launch and I managed to get some snippets for the show. They're coming soon, so listen out for those. Um, but as much as I'm slating Mark Hughes, and it's something I do on a regular basis anyway, thanks to his, oh, thanks to his beautiful stint at QPR. But that second goal, what a finish from that tight angle. Yeah. That is vintage Mark Hughes, isn't it, Matthew? Classic Hughes, brilliant, brilliant goal, and him all over. Um, lovely little through ball from Brian Robson. Hughes, Hughes is sort of in the clear, but he, he's keeper comes rushing out. Um, he must be what five yards out of his box. Hughes instinctively takes it round him, but he he's driven what we all thought at the time was too far wide, and probably thought he was going to try and clip it back into the box to an on rushing. Steve Bruce <laughs> and uh, no he just drove it like an arrow straight into the corner of the net I mean it was just it was a it was classic Hughes wasn't it he really was I don't think people remember him for you know he's obviously well known as a brilliant volleyer and all that kind of thing but he was some when he got in his in the, in the zone he was some some player and that brilliant goal that and it was just sends shivers down my spine just remembering it because it was just because United had been outplayed, really, that first half. And you've got to remember what a good team that Barcelona yeah, team were. Yeah, Koeman, Ferrer, They went on to win four La Ligas in the, on the trot after this game, I think. And uh, Champions League the so, following year as well. Yeah, so there were no no, no mugs. And uh, that United team, obviously, they, they went on to win great things, as I said earlier on. But looking at them now, they weren't really the, the finished article. I mean, they obviously had some great you know, players that would go on to do great things. But you say now, or oh, United Barcelona, and people probably go, oh yeah. So, but I didn't think it was. I think United were probably underdogs going into the game, but um, and they nearly threw it away. Obviously, if you if you remember the game, um, Kuman scored a free kick uh, with about ten minutes to go. Les Seely spills it into the net, and then uh, he nearly scored again at the end. And Clayton Blackmore kicks it off the line. But and, and isn't uh, it? And was one ruled out for offside as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a classic. United were cruising, and then. Ten minutes to go, they just completely got the, completely got the jitters. Um, goal disallowed, kicked off the line. I mean, it was it was chaos at the back. I remember a bit of the commentary in the game. Brian Moore just suddenly turned into a fan, and he's there going, "Get that away! Get that away! Yes, get that clear, clear by Hughes." <laughs> yeah, it was no uh, impartiality at all. He was uh, classic Brian Moore, but um, no, it was a. So I don't know what the rest of the nation thought because I'm not into this whole thing of people saying, "Oh, we wanted the British team to win or the English team." I mean, if people didn't want United to win, fair enough. But for me personally, it was a brilliant night. I don't really know what anyone else thought about it. I think it, at that but, point, uh, people still liked Man United, didn't they? I think it was only until the mid nineties. Yeah, there was no. Yeah, well, I, I think so. I remember this. I mean, I remember going to United games in the eight, <clears throat> mid early eighties and, and onwards, and there really wasn't this thing now. And then you you start going to games in the mid nineties, and you get Ipswich fans and. No, no offence, but QPR fans and, you know, every other club going other than the usual rivals like Liverpool and City, absolutely hating United. And it was a bit of a shock, really, because I never saw Jealousy. that. Jealousy. Well, well, yeah. And I if mean, it obviously if, would... Matthew, if you're putting out QPR, it'd be that 97th goal from Eric Cantona that would be the reason we hated yeah. you and then almost well, sent us down. But yeah, go on. I'll yeah, let you no, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> singling out QPR, but I mean, I remember going to QPR in the 80s and, and there was, you just turn up and go in I mean there's not never really an all ticket game you just you just basically go in um, and then suddenly but I'm not moaning about that that will happen That's it happen. I'm sure it was the case with Liverpool in the 70s and 80s I'm sure it, it's you know whoever it will be now City or possibly Liverpool again or whoever and I think 
I think the problem with United is it, it kind of culminated with the Sky thing, so people were seeing it all the time, yeah. weren't they? And it wasn't a case, if you with Liverpool possibly in the seventies and eighties, you probably had to have gone to the game to see the last minute goals and the penalty decisions and what have you that they did get, which every good team gets. But with United, it was it was under a magnifying glass, wasn't it? Because you had Sky and it was on TV and you had. So I completely understand it, and I've got no issue with it at all. So, but it's just, um, just I, I remember a Liverpool mate of mine at the time going round. When I got back, he said, "Oh yeah, we went round town, in the you know drinking and celebrating." And I said, "Really?" And he went, "Oh yeah, it was great for a British team to win in Europe." And I thought, "Hmm, I don't think I would have done that." And I bet he wasn't doing that five, ten years later. Mm. But, um, but bear in mind, but it was different because, like you said, there was a lot a big gap with English teams not being in Europe for a long, long time. So a lot of people um, that didn't really re- didn't really remember English teams being in Europe. So, yeah, maybe it, maybe it did capture the imagination of a certain group of people. Mm. One thing I only found out the other day, um, and that was watching the Pep Guardiola thing on uh, the Monday Night Football yeah. special, which they showed on Tuesday, was that Barcelona never won the European Cup until yeah. 1992. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, did not know that. And also in this yeah. game, both teams were in their away kits. Yeah. I don't mind that. Well, it wasn't, I'm not, I'm not it wasn't really an away it was, a, it was an obscure United away kit. It wasn't actually a proper kit. It was, it was made for this match. Um, if you remember that season, United had the red blue kit. With the, the, and they had that blue um, the ma- maple leaf oh, kit. Oh, the beautiful maple leaf kit. But yeah. the, the, this one was one of those ones that they sort of... A bit like Argentina in '86 when they realised that they had to get hold of a kit from somewhere and went to a sports shop and bought one and stuck the badges on. It was um, this one was a bit like that, and then after they won it, obviously the club released it as a as a new third oh, kit. I've still, yeah. yeah. still got I've still got mine in my uh, in that wooden trunk in my parents' oh, garage. I want to go in that wooden trunk. <laughs> well, you're more than welcome. I'll bring it to London. Yeah, you bring it to London. Black podcast from the trunk. From the trunk, yeah, from Matthew's <laughs> trunk. That sounds oddly des- desirable. I don't know why that sounds like that. Um, I'd, I, the kit thing doesn't bother me, actually, because I'm not one of these people that when teams wear their away kit for no reason gets yump. It's like, well, they've got an away kit, they might as well wear it, otherwise you'd be moaning when they don't wear it. So, no, it doesn't bother me. I like a, I like a unique kit clash anyway. So, yeah. The, the final thing I was going to say on this, and I, I was going to mention this to Joel, watching back this game, it brought back memories of Inside United. Did it for you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same team, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, down to sort of... um, even Talking of kits. Talking of kits, you know who would have packed that Exactly. Oh, would he? Old uh, Norman. Norman (laughs) Davis, yeah. (laughs) Good old Norman. (laughs) And it was was pouring with rain all day that day. Absolutely pouring it down. You know what kind of studs. Yeah. Don't you'll set Joel off. I just thought I just wondered if they had spag bowl before the match. It wasn't wouldn't be very Dutch or very with European a bread, with it? a bread bun. With a big old bread bun, but yeah. If you if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to the archive, listen to our inside May United. We actually tweeted about it today because Sid Lambert um tweeted a, a clip from it. King of the Twitter Sting, who's now on over ten K followers. Go on, Sid. Um Twelve, yeah. I know. Twelve. Yeah, I, I know. I was talking to him about it earlier. He's very pleased and he'll be on the our next full length show next week, which I'll tease at the end of this. Um moving on then, we're gonna go to sort of the Towards the end of the decade, a bit later, we're keeping with Man United. It's a bit of a Man United heavy show this week, but as we always say on here, it's a very much their decade. Um, this is com- a completely uh, different sort of motion for them because it was an end, de- definitely a massive end of an era for Man United at this point. Before we get back to Matthew and his view, Joel, where were you? What did you remember about this moment? King Eric quits Old Trafford. Well, I was um, I was stood outside the Supercell Net Riverside Stadium at a parade to celebrate Middlesbrough being relegated and losing two cup finals because it was the day <laughs> it was the day after the cup final in whatever year it was ninety seven. Mm. Um, yeah, so they had a parade. We were always we were like going mad, going bloody hell, Eric Cantona, he's overshadowed our parade like he'd done it on purpose. So that was, <laughs> so I can tell you. Exactly where I was. I have photographic evidence of the day, which I nearly sent you the other day, actually. Um, and and yeah, um, that's where I was. We were we were more concerned with why Janino wasn't on the bus, and um, Emerson saying he was going to stay with us in Division One, which he did for a bit. He did. So there you go. They had a parade. Well, no, a they had shock. an I mean, actual what, parade. We had a we had a parade. Yeah, yeah, like an open top bus and stuff. For nothing. Yeah. 
for nothing, yeah, for being relegated and losing two cup finals. I, I will send you some pictures because I do have pictures of Nigel Pearson waving at us from uh, from the top of this thing. But yeah, about um, God, forty thousand people turned out to cheer them, and then they did a big uh, parade. Yeah, it, I, I've never ever heard of that before no. or since. It can't be a thing that. But yeah, we lost two cup finals. And got relegated and had an open-top bus parade through the streets of Middlesbrough. Is that because yeah. they booked the bus hoping that they'd already that they'd win one of the finals and then they thought, oh, well, well bloody hell, we better use it. So. it just, now it just seems so bizarre. We had one when we won the League Cup as well. Oh, yeah. That's um, fine. But, yeah, but we, yeah, we had one that year in 97. I think, I think it was more from... I'm sure the players didn't want to have anything to do with it, but... I think it was one I bet, of them. So I bet Gaza did. Gaza was there. Was Gaza driving? It was a bit later that one. Wasn't there? I've been driving it. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, such a weird thing. And then news started filtering through about Cantona had retired. At, what was he? Thirty-one. Right? Yeah, yeah, thirty-one. 32, yeah. Going on just thirty-two, I think. Yeah. And and we were going mad because we thought it was overshadowing our. In oh. Well, that's something I didn't think I'd ever hear. A, a losing parade. We didn't even have a parade when we won the bloody championship in 2011. We weren't allowed to. Well, that's London, you see. I you know, bloody the London. Yeah. We had one when we won the old third tier in 2002. Can't even remember the year it was now. Um, but yeah, we weren't allowed to do it in, in 2011, which is annoying. It's the same thing when people go on the pitch at the end of a season when you're, you finish mid-table. I never understand that mentality. We had that last season at Keeper. Everyone invaded the pitch on the last game of the season, but we'd, we did nothing. We'd finish like 18th. Why are you on the pitch? I don't get it. don't understand <laughs> it. really bugs me. Um, um, men, in, men in their 40s and 50s yeah. pitch invading is, is one of my new bugbears. Oh, it's as horrible. Well as people as well as people taking signs to the match, asking for people's shirts. Yeah, it's like trick-or-treating. Stop begging. Yeah, that's the things. that They're my current gripes. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll let you have those gripes. Anyway, King Eric, <laughs> slight tangent then. Um, Matthew, where were you? How did you feel? End of an era? All that. Well, you know what? I couldn't tell you where I was. I remember it happening. But um, remember this, I always talk about my wilderness years in the mid-late 90s, about 97, 98, when I was... Raving working years. in working in lads mags and getting doing what Joel was doing last week basically um, <laughs> drinking uh, drinking and escorting Americans around. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I do seem to remember. I was I might have been in the Punch and Judy, but uh, no. I, I, I mean, I remember it, I remember it happening. But you've got to remember, you've got to think how we would have found something like that that out. Yeah. Then I, I, I suppose someone must have seen it on teletext or CFAX and told me, and then yeah, that's how you kind of would hear things then wasn't it someone would say oh have yeah. you heard and I, I definitely remember hearing about it but i i kind of felt at the time and i still feel this now it's kind of it's probably the sort of right thing to do i mean one of my other big heroes is elvis presley and i almost think it was almost as bad as it was it was almost the right thing for him to do to die when he did because otherwise he would have become even more fat and embarrassing than he was when he he died he'd have been he'd have, he'd have his own reality show now well yeah, yeah. Elvis, yeah and and you know obviously cancer could have still done a job for a, a couple more years but i think it was exactly the right time for him to go and and of course back then you've got to remember that united were turning over great teams at a, a, a incredible rate of knots i mean it wasn't really such a, a big shock because before that i was probably more shocked when i heard hughes was going or ints and all those kind of you know because it, it they, that, that those United teams almost had a shelf life of about two or three years, and then they just all they all went, didn't they? So it wasn't as big a shock as I think people would like to think it was. It certainly wasn't as big a shock as when I heard he was signing. That was a huge shock. I remember that well, but I just think it was almost a sort of... And him being the, the kind of guy he was, it, it, you just got the feeling he wasn't going to stick around and, and be a... a a bit part player or a player that was happy to come off the bench or that. Mm. So I, I don't know how much of this I'm thinking I thought at the time or what I'm thinking in the subsequent years, but I don't remember it being a real, oh my God, you know, moment. It was more, I think it was, I think it was, everyone thought it was probably for the, I mean, if you think about it, it's amazing that he actually even came back in the first place considering what happened in, in '95, yeah, yeah that, the, the comeback in that in '96 was probably more of a more of a shock. But um, so I think it all. I think he did it right, perfectly, just how he should have done it, really. But um, I couldn't, I couldn't lie and do one of those talking heads moments and go, "Oh yeah, I was." I could tell you exactly when I was, because I think it just, you know, maybe I was on that 
bus in Middlesbrough. Maybe that's why I don't remember it. But you would remember that. That would baffle me. I think I found out from my paper round, if I remember rightly. If that's, but I'm trying to think. Well, no, the next yeah, day. That, yeah, the next that was day. always a, that was always a good source of info back then, and, and a real classic '90s kind of thing, wasn't it? Because a, a mate of mine used to do a paper round. I never did because I never wanted to get up early. Oh yeah, go. I don't know why. On the it. on the odd occasion, I would say, oh, "I'll help you." Or, he would always be the first one knocking yeah. on the door or, or going, oh, have you heard? Yeah. yeah. Because that would be your first, that was, yeah, was obviously was, your first. Yeah, because I was definitely doing a paper round at that point because 97 is the year Diana died and I remember the morning of her death because she died quite late on, didn't she? On a well, Saturday I was actually night. Yeah, yeah and I, was the out pap- the la- I was out on the lash that night. And I, no, I was as well, yeah. <laughs> the paper, well, I, I, put, I remember put the, the papers TV being up. delayed so everyone was coming to the paper shop moaning about where their paper was and we had to tell them why and they didn't believe us because they obviously hadn't turned on their TVs or whatever and we were all saying oh you know what's happened and people were laughing going oh you're telling lies and joking and they were like no no seriously it's happened but that's what but that, I that was do you want to know how I found out how Princess Diana died and this is football 90s related <laughs> go on didn't think we'd be on this but go on I was watching we turned the telly on and we had soccer extra on which which is you know goals on Sunday now yeah. and it was it was Helen Chamberlain and Russ Williams, is it? Oh, Russ yeah. Williams? Virgin Radio, and yeah, they yeah. Were and Lars Bohanen was the guest. Oh, my so God, I random. I think, he was, I think he was at Forest at the yeah, time. Yeah, it would have been. And, yeah. and they were all sat looking miserable. And I was like, what's going on here? We were sat watching it, and everybody's got a thick head, you know. There was about eight of us in my mate's house. And we were all just sat there, like, thick heads at night. And they, they were just like, oh, and so anyway. And you could see it was still in all a bit wrong. I know where this story's going to end up. Helen turned around and said, and just in case just in case you don't know the sad news, that the Princess, Di- uh, the Princess of Wales has died, and we were just like, well, what? Are they making that up? And my mate behind me just went, yeah, they've just made that up on the telly just to wind you up with your angle. <laughs> and then my mates promptly went out because they were driving down to Bradford for the day to go to see family and crashed the car as soon as they got onto the game in Middlesbrough so that was a bit well, in tribute to Diana yeah yeah I think so yeah, yeah. Well, what you de- what you haven't said is how devastated you were when you found out that Liverpool Newcastle game was called yeah, off yeah that was cancelled was it? yeah, that, yeah. That, I was annoyed it wasn't cancelled until very late though yeah. was it and yeah. it must have been about sort of midday one o'clock yeah. before they decided to cancel it it's like when 9-11 happened and then there was still all the Europe was it uh, Champions League matches happened on the night of 9-11 Oh, I think they did, yeah. I think they did. Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah, they did. Whereas that was cancelled. You know, probably. I, yeah, I was furious, furious about that because, I mean, <laughs> it, obviously it would have been 4 4 that game, wouldn't it? But um, oh, Well, mate, we would have just had to watch it more. We'd have had to watch games yeah. between the reserves and games between the under 21s and all that. You know, if it had been 4 4, we'd have just been. Would have been Sky Sports, Liverpool, Newcastle, mate. That was in the peak. That, that was in the peak of Sky Sports loving for that picture. Yeah. I'm, surpri- still I'm surprised. Still now. Even- no, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised even with that the huge events of that day, they didn't go, oh, we can't cancel this game. <laughs> yeah, it could be 4-3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, yes, I think we were talking about Eric Cantona, but yeah, that's what, yeah, that's yeah. why I remember, oh, with paper round, so I would have been doing a paper round at that point, so yeah, that's how You've I... have been a magazine man all your life, I have, man. I've, yeah, I know, so I never, I've always been in around the media, but yeah, that's what I was doing, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounded wanky, didn't it? I'll be calling myself a journo next, and my wife hates me, hates me saying that. You're, you're born with ink on your fingers, isn't Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Frank's news agent and Swingate Lane in Plumstead, to anyone who knows the area, that's where I was delivering papers from. He was a moany old git and all... Um, <laughs> God rest his soul. Um, back to Cantona then. As we said, he was only 31 when he quit. Um, it came off the back of a season where they won the league, but lost to Dortmund in the Champions League. Um, Alex Ferguson said at the time, it's a sad day for United. I know Eric was particularly disappointed after the Dortmund game. We all were. He wasn't the only one in the boat, but we wondered how he was ever going to get over it. We're all gutted. We all felt we should have been in the final. That was the general mood around the club, not just with Eric. When he came to see me on Wednesday, I got the impression that his position was unequivocal. I knew deep down, no matter what I said, he wasn't going to change his mind. So even Fergie couldn't change King Eric's mind. And uh, Cantonar himself later said he did an interview actually not that long ago with um, joe.co.uk in their new podcast. Don't know why I didn't choose this one because clearly that would have been a better outlet for it than some dodgy website I didn't feel the passion for the game not dodgy sorry Joe to the play highest level you have very careful about what you eat what you drink what you time to go to bed and what you think you have to be concentrated on the game secondly to do that you need passion if you lose a bit of passion you lose a bit of something else and that means you can't play at the highest level and I hadn't had the passion for Man United and for football anymore so that's what you said yeah. so fair play and remember Fergie changed his mind once before hadn't he two years ago he chased into yeah. France and 
and talked him back. So he probably knew full well he wasn't going to be able to do it again. So well, apparently he threatened think... to quit when he was twenty five as well. When he was banned, um, when he was at ne- is it Nimes or Nimes in yeah. France? I think he didn't he quit the game, and he had more comebacks than Franks and Arch. Yeah, I think he, he did. Yeah. He quit. It's an, it's an uh, enigma. Yeah. It, it ended up well in the end. Yeah. By the way, Lars Bohinen was at Blackburn at the time. I just googled. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. He went Sorry, on. He went on to. He went on to finish third on the uh, Danish on Norwegian. Sorry, Norwegian version of Strictly Come Dancing. Good fact for you. <laughs> just thought that was funny. That's good. Yeah, like a bit of random knowledge. And did you find that out doing your paper round this morning? Did I, you? Yeah, that's that's how I find out everything. Who needs Twitter when you're on a paper round? Um, yeah, what I, I finished on Canada. I'm losing my way now. Strictly come dancing in Diana. Um, he finished with 185 appearances, 80 goals, four league titles, two FA. Who's this last behemoth? <laughs> yeah, last behemoth wishes. And three charity shields. That was king, the king. Yeah. Yeah, and they still sing his name now, don't they, at Old Trafford? He yeah. is, um, and I, I, I shook his hand the first day he turned up at Old Trafford as well. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's your bingo card for you. So um, that's that's straying slightly away from Man United. There was a plethora, I love that word, of FA Cup finals this week in the 90s. Um, so 91 on the 18th, it was Tottenham Forest, the final with obviously Gaza getting injured but Des Walker's own goal getting the win the 20th of May 93 Arsenal Sheffield Wednesday's replay the last FA Cup final to go to a replay the 14th of May 94 United beat Chelsea 4-0 to win the double the 20th of May 95 Everton beat May United thanks to Paul Radout's goal the 17th of May 1997 Chelsea Borough which we've talked about extensively on this show thanks to Joe Onda he's well they had a parade for it so I don't know why they were too bothered in the end 16th of May 1998 New Arsenal 2, Newcastle 0. Um, coming to you first, Matthew, anything picking the bones out? Quick mention for any of those? Um, uh, the 91 Cup final I seem to remember well. I remember coming back from Holland. That was on the Saturday after the United win in Rotterdam on the Wednesday. So I seem to remember that. Um, obviously, a lot of people wanted Clough to, to win the FA Cup because it was the one trophy that eluded him. Yeah. In his career, and he didn't, and Gaza's injury, obviously. Uh, the 93 one we discussed the other week, isn't that the one our friends, the Bar Brothers, went to, isn't it? They, uh, I, think, I think they went to the first game. This, the this, oh, yeah. yeah, this was the replay, but yeah, shout out to the Bar Brothers. Yeah, uh, 94, obviously, United won the double, bit of a one-sided game, probably boring for anyone else that watched it and hoped for anything. Um, and then, yeah, the 90... Which one are we talking about here now? The 98 one, aren't we? The... Arsenal-Newcastle won it. Again, one-sided, boring. I thought was one of the most boring yeah. cup finals ever. And seeing as Arsenal were going for a double, it just seemed like a real damp screw. But no no doubt Middlesbrough probably had a parade for it when uh, <laughs> Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal won. Hey, look, Newcastle-United losing two cup yeah. finals in a row was, you know, we were thrilled. And they, from what I remember, they lost them in exactly the same kind of style, didn't they? If that's yeah, the they right just didn't turn up, did they? Yeah, they just seemed to roll over roll and... Over and had yes. their bellies tickled, didn't they? Yeah. What's that? Anelka and Overmars, if I remember off the top of my head, yeah. scored in that game. And then it was, uh, was it Sheringham and Skulls the next Goal. season? Yeah. yeah. The most, that was the sort of low key game in that, you know, that incredible season, incredible treble. And that game was almost the sort of, obviously it was huge, but it doesn't really well, get they've them. All said it, they've all said it themselves, in that they saw that as the easy game. Yeah, and it was, in fairness, in fairness, getting there, you kind of thought, well, once they're there, they're. Yeah, if there'd been any scares against that Newcastle team, it would have been a shock. Well, yeah, Newcastle so, uh, were past the peak by that, like past the peak that they'd been, and it was the beginning of the downward trajectory. I think then. Yeah, yeah. Well, fair, fair, fair play. I mean, to win two back to back cup final. I mean, what they'd give for that now, eh? Well, oh, with Rafa yeah. in charge, anything is possible, you know. Um, I, I think the '91 Cup final stands out for me with that lot. I think that was a really good final. I think he had a lot, you know, not yeah. just the, the Gaza injury, the Pierce goal, um, Paul Stewart then equalised, Gary Lineker missed a penalty, Mark Crossley, friend of the show, saved it. Um, and well, I don't think there were many good finals. I think the two, the best finals. I think the last, well, actually not the last good final. I think probably at West Ham, Liverpool one in Cardiff, but the United Palace won '90 in this yeah. one. And then after that, there just seemed to be a real glut of, you know, Liverpool. One-sided. Very the one-sided Liverpool United games. one was yeah. rubbish. They were one-sided. It didn't seem to have that. I mean, I'll get a yellow card for this, but the 80s, the cup finals seemed to be always classics, didn't they? They always seemed to be like an underdog or it was a thriller but or something. Again, but again, as well, is, you know, all right, the FA Cup was more important. It was probably the only live, live game on telly a lot of those yeah. years in the 80s. So there was a lot more 
you know, I mean, you're seeing the BBC for this weekend trying to big up the uh, Chelsea Manchester United final, and yeah, there's just that excitement isn't there anymore. Isn't no, it? it's not. It's not. Especially but in terms of game, United Chelsea as well, I was like, meh. Mm. No, and it's it's not, and, and even from a United point of view, I mean, it's almost a sort of it's almost you know. When you're Are you going City to the match league. on Saturday? No, I'm, I'll be watching it in a boozer in Salford. Good lad. Um, I it, just without one Wellsby. Well, I tell him out here. Yeah, I'll invite <laughs> him if he wants to come. But um, no, I don't. Uh, you know, I, 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 I sort of pick and choose these. I just I don't want to go into a tangent, but going to football now just doesn't do it for me as much. You know, it's just it's just not the same, is it? I mean, I could go old do... men, aren't we? Well, I came back through um, Liverpool on Sunday, and it was obviously their last game of the season. And fair play to them; they, you know, had a great season and everything. But I was walking through town, and honestly, the sight—you know, grown men in their fifties and sixties in half and half scarves and tracksuit tops and full kits and memorabilia and carrier bags—and that's not just a Liverpool thing. United are just as bad. And I'm sure it's the same. And I just thought, really, like. I'd rather sit in a boozer in Salford with lads that used to go and watch the game that don't anymore and drink £2 pints and have a laugh, you know? I mean, that's my, my moan for this podcast. <laughs> I just, We've been a bit room just, 101 tonight, haven't we? Yeah. Well, that's a good idea for a show there. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I just, I mean, it, I, I, maybe people listening to this would probably sympathise because sort of, obviously if you're into that era, it has changed a lot, so... I don't know. It's just. I what? think unless you go to football now with a certain group of people and you make it more about the day going to the match, the social, which is what I tend to, yeah, which is what I tend to do with European away games. I love that because it's more about the trip with the girl. But I mean to go and and again, this isn't a United thing. I know a lot of Liverpool fans that feel the same way that either can't go or they choose not to because it's just. Yeah, you I know, think well, it's just not really. Unless it's a big European night or something, then I'd just rather give it a miss. So. But going back to what we said about cup finals, I just think the games as a whole there seem to be no, maybe not. I mean, you had the pat the top from Coventry three two, didn't you? Liverpool Everton three one. So I suppose Which, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose they weren't more. Liverpool. I suppose the underdog yeah. story. Yeah. Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah, yeah just um, seemed to be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just, Tottenham in. I mean, in the was eighty one. That was a decent. Yeah, game, so that yeah. was yeah one one and three two and yeah. United Brighton was two two. The first one I remember eighty four. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Eighty two wasn't very good because Tottenham beat QPR. But yeah, well, that's the only time we've ever got to the FA Cup final. Not that I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't born, but I'm, I'm still going to bear a grudge against that. Um, (laughs) What was I I was going to mention? What I was going to say about on that that slight uh, tangent you went on, Matthew, about the full kit thing. I've, I've got, I buy, I still buy a replica. I, you know, people know here I'm a kit geek, but and I I don't often wear them. But what I do not do, and this pains me every time I see it. People, men in their later years, we're talking, you know, 30s and 40s and so onward, with their favourite player on the back of their shirt. Grow, yeah. the, oh, yeah. grow the F up. You would have seen. Like I say, this isn't... I'm not picking on Liverpool here. You know, anyone that knows me knows I... Rivals they may be, but I've got a lot of respect for the club and the fans. But coming through town on Sunday, and it was obviously a sunny day, it was the last game of the season, I looked around and I just thought, my God, what was... <laughs> What are modern football fans about now? It was just so, and and I feel feel exactly the same way when I go to watch United. And you know, I'm sure there'll be other clubs that don't feel that way, but certainly the top sort of, even even clubs like Man City, I think now who used to pride themselves on being sort of more real, you know, which they were. You know, you can see in ten, twenty years' time, that's the model they will go down. Every club wants a piece of that pie, so can't knock them for doing it. But it's just not my cup of tea, to be honest. Hence why I'm sat here at half eleven. I'm talking about nineties football. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep it nineties, shall we? Um, what's there, I was going to say to you guys: Was there anything? You know, we, we were away for a few weeks. We missed a couple of things on this week in the nineties. Is there anything we wanted to quick mention? Jimmy Glass. I know you did an article on him, Matthew, didn't you? That was that happened last week, um, as in this yeah. week in the nineties. That's a memorable moment from nineteen ninety nine. That was uh, you did a good piece on that, didn't you? Yeah, oh, it's a classic sort of. Well, I say rags to riches story. It's not even that really, but I mean an absolute fairy tale of a story, isn't it? On loan, journeyman goalkeeper at Carlisle, staring relegation in the face because they had to better Scarborough's results. Scarborough, I think, were drawing against Peterborough. Ninety-seventh minute of injury time, Glass gets waved up for a corner and whacks in the rebound and keeps the club up. He's brilliant story and even people now that probably don't really remember at the time know of his name and the story and everything and uh, so it wasn't 
it wasn't all bad in modern modern day football. But his uh, story was pretty incredible because then he went off and he, I think he kind of thought that he was going to go off and, and become a star. Yeah, yeah but he, he got a bit of you know, an albatross got let go, him. didn't he? Yeah, yeah straight away. He, because Nigel Pearson, I think, was in charge at Carlisle. He was, yeah. And then, and then Pearson went, and then he went, and it was, he was kind of like, oh, well, you know, I've made my name now. Something's going to happen. And then it kind of didn't. And he ended up taxi driving, I think, for years and years and years. And, yeah, he uh, went down to Dorset, didn't he, to Bournemouth. Yeah. Know, I think he owned the share in the taxi company, so I think. But yeah. even so, he was still driving it. But then he, yeah, and, and now I think he's. I think it, he, he played with Eddie Howe, hasn't hadn't he? And now he's he's working at Bournemouth as I think a player liaison. Player, yeah. I found him means. on LinkedIn. Is that what all this? Yeah, yeah. LinkedIn of all places. What found him on LinkedIn, and Ian Hart was there. I I find LinkedIn. I never. I get invites all the time from random people I've never heard of. I never. I don't really use it, but maybe it's a tool I need to find former footballers on. Well, there you go. You see, that's that's the way to do it. Instead of bothering them on Twitter, <laughs> if you well, it's, it's, you secret uh, now. Yeah, I, t- <laughs> I take it you haven't. I take it you haven't got a LinkedIn profile, Ash. I, I have got. Yeah, I've got a LinkedIn profile. It's, it's do, does it say? Does it say nineteen ninety five to nineteen ninety eight paper round for Frank's <laughs> news <laughs> agent? I'm going to add it. I'm going to add it right now. That's what I'm going to do. I'll add it because you know it could be people out there who've also worked for Frank's. They want to talk about the time, the sweet counter, the old bastard. They're going to do. They're going to do. We're going to do a Frank's podcast from next week. <laughs> we'll have to go do some research, man. Was uh-huh. that also the shot where you got your Corinthian figures from? No, no, I don't think he sold them. They were far too uh, modern for him. That would have far been too elaborate. Yeah, far, yeah, it was very basic. If, he didn't do very many ma- magazines as well, which used to annoy me because when I wanted my copy of Match and Shoot and Ninety Minutes and Soccer Stars, he never had them as well. So did no. he have like uh-huh. men's speciality magazines? Yeah, like, How did he make a living uh, on sweets? Sell, the best sweet oh. ca- best sweet counter in Plumstead at the time. He did. Uh-huh. But my, the, but the Burtz, who was literally along from me, but didn't do paper rounds for people. But he was my local news agent. He was the king. He everybody went to him for crimping figures and stickers. Was and it? Was so, every, so did Frank and Burt have some sort of rivalry? There was some on. big rivalry going on. Yeah, Burt didn't like Frank. Frank didn't like Burt. It was yeah. It was like the old <laughs> was, Wild West. <laughs> was every shop in your village just named after the, the first name of the guy that owned it? Oh, we, we, we knew them. Well, Burt's was actually called I think Lawrence's. Burt was named after Burt Reynolds. And no, it was called. Well, his name was Burt Lawrence, but it was called Lawrence's. But everyone knew it was Burt. And he, he reminded me of he was very much like Mo from The Simpsons. He was that's who he was. Like, that's who he was like. A suicidal, a new... depressive man. Well, not <laughs> quite that, was... but the kind of the looking, the, the voice. He was a bit like that. Yeah. If there was a, a news agent around there called John Lewis, he'd have been well pissed off. Wouldn't yeah, he? he would have been, he'd been <laughs> yeah. very annoyed. No, he didn't have any. Uh, Fords was another one that was local, not quite as good as Bert or Fords. Fords. Or Fords. Yeah. Yeah, people in Pl- people who listen to us from Plumstead are reveling in this, but for everyone else, it's absolute dribble. So I'm going to stop. Um, Joel, was there anything else we missed out on? I know we spoke, we didn't speak about European way for Arsenal and Naeem, uh Chelsea winning the Cup Winners' Cup. There's a few bits we missed. Anything else you wanted to mention? Probably not. No, nah, I'm all right. Yeah, of course. I, <laughs> you I know knew something? That was you know, I set you up for that, didn't I? You know, you know something I noticed doing my thorough research last week before Joel couldn't be bothered to turn up from the show. Yeah. I was wrong. It's not that I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. I was. Um, I wish, in a way, you had turned up just to hear you on the. That's what show, I said. But, yeah, um, but I was watching the Chelsea um, Cup Winners' Cup final from last week. Who you had to remind me who they played was it Stuttgart? Stuttgart. No, I didn't remember this until I looked it up, and I should do. Uh, Clive Tilsey went to the BBC after ITV, didn't he? Because he was commentating on that game. And I couldn't remember that. I always thought Clive Tilsey was an ITV man through and through, but he he went to the BBC in the mid nineties. I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. that either. So yeah, when he was doing the on the YouTube link, I found he was doing the um, doing the commentary. I thought maybe it's one of those sort of maybe he was moonlighting for one of the you know overseas channel. But no, he, he got poached by the BBC and uh, was there from Euro '96, and then came back to ITV. Well, I never because I always think. I mean, I remember him as a Granada man in the you know he's very much a, well Liverpool City radio and then Granada and all. Mr. Northwest, and then became the ITV sort of number one guy, and then apparently BBC poached him, and then but then he didn't get on and came back to ITV, where he still is today. This day, but it's just it's one of those little things I don't remember. Couldn't I couldn't have told you that happened. Oh, well, there we go. But it did. Yeah, there it so did there happen. Yeah. 
Well, on that note, and I think people will want to end so that we can stop talking about the news agents of South East London. Um, <laughs> when we're not talking about that, Joe, where can people find you on social? I thought we were going to talk about Blackburn Rovers winning the title. Oh, you said you didn't want to talk about anything else. Oh, well, I just I thought that was going to be your next subject. Yeah, oh. I've, got, I've got that written down and everything. Did I write that down? Go. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm losing my touch here. I've had a few weeks off and it's all going to part, see? Um, we can quick, I think we covered that quite extensively in our 95 show, but we can talk about it very quickly if you've done research, and I've still got some notes yeah, in I'm front of me. I'm not bothered. I've <laughs> got that. About it. I've got this impression. Matthew, you, you, you've you got some notes. You talk about it then. No, I've got notes. I just remember it well, because I was at the, in the away end at Upton Park that day as Andy Cole missed about 15 one-on-ones against Ludic, Ludic McCloskoe and... Uh, I think the thing about Blackburn Rovers winning the league, and this has been said a million times, but I think that was, I mean, it was the first time that somebody actively went out and bought the league. Well, I disagree with that in a way. Because they spent less less than United did that year, that season, that summer, whatever you want to call it. Was there a transfer window there? But United, United spent more than Blackburn did. I mean, Blackburn spent a lot, but United spent more, so... But Blackburn wouldn't have been there in the first place, I mean... Probably no. the championship is probably Blackburn's natural home, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't spend a lot of money, but I, I think, I don't know. I think they. I but think I think he, Walker, Jack Walker went out with an idea that he was going to splash all his money in an, in an attempt to get his team to win the league, and, and that was when they were lying in the middle of Division yeah, 2. Yeah, but he spent a lot. He spent a lot when they were in the sec- old second division, didn't he, to get them, to get them up, and obviously then. Bought Dalglishan, but um, I, but it, I suppose it's a, a sort of 90s thing. But you look back at that team that did win it, and they still had some sort of journeyman, didn't they? Uh, not they weren't all big Tony stars. Gale, well, Tony Gale, Tony yeah. Gale, Mark Atkins, Stuart Ripley, and Mark yeah, Atkins, nothing but the Rippers. Yeah, Mark Atkins, yeah. He was a uh, one that only he tried. He's been saying he's going to come on the podcast for ages. He's still not come on, but he was always. Stuart Ripley, uh, no, Mark Atkins. Ah, yeah. He's not, he's not going now, is he? Listening after, listen to this. Well, I haven't said anything about him. Pro- oh. <laughs> he still might come on. He's a lawyer. Stuart Ripley is a lawyer, high class sports lawyer. So if you were to get him on, it probably cost you about four hundred quid a minute. Is he on LinkedIn? He might be. Yeah, let's, let's, let's hunt him down on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Find him. He'll, he'll be impressed by my paper round. I'll have you know. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, that's all I've got to remember about that game. I was, I was in the away end, and somebody had a transistor, a huge... Well, it wasn't a transistor radio. It was like, like a big sound system. Third of the ghetto blast. Yeah, yeah, it was. Boom a ghetto, but, and they had it on in the back of the away end, so we had this running commentary coming from Anfield. And, God, uh, Cole had so many chances. And, um, and then Liverpool did United what could have been the biggest favour of all time. And uh, United didn't didn't take the, the moment and, I, uh, I always remember I think I must have been it would have been a, a weekend so I would have been driving to one of my nans and listen to the radio and hearing the Liverpool fans going oh you know I want Blackburn to win we want Blackburn to win we don't want Man United to win the title I mean it's it's odd that they won anyway but do you know what do you know what Liverpool fans got a lot of stick for that um, And but I hate to fire any fans to really if United were in a I, I, I might get shot down for this but if United were in a similar position I wonder how many people would have thought the same thing because that's just the way football fans are, aren't they? Yeah, They're yeah, just, absolutely. You, you know, things that you're stopping yourself, getting your nose rubbed in it. Yeah, them. and, and yeah. this whole thing of oh, you should want, you know, you should play. I mean, fair enough if Liverpool playing for something, then no, absolutely. But no. I don't. I think that is football fans down to the T. And bear in mind, you know, we're going into a European Cup final in a couple of weeks. I'm living in a city where you've got Evertonians absolutely bricking it that Liverpool are going to win. I've got United mates that are thinking, oh, what the heck if Liverpool... You know, everyone's thinking, oh, no. Well, and that's what football's all about. And the same when, when United went down at Sunderland. Um, went down, lost the league at Sunderland in 2012. And United fans go, oh, it's a disgrace the way Sunderland fans reacted. They all celebrated. And I think, yeah, you'd be pissed off. But come on, who wouldn't? <laughs> it's car, isn't it? It's what football fans are all about. I don't really, I don't really want to. If you go to football and fans start coming over and shaking hands and commiserating, no, it's not football. Then, then it, it really, then you know, it really can. That's what happens at Arsenal and Fulham. We don't want that to happen. Yeah, only joking, I mean, only joking. <laughs> but, Our friend Lee Adams, who's done amazing things this month, only joking, yeah. mate. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's my memories of. Uh, 95. Yeah. So. As I said, we did do a show on the whole season. We had a, oh, I can't even remember the guy we had on. We had a Rufus fan on. Uh, it, it, I thought you were going to say it was me, wasn't it? Yeah, and we oh, had well. someone else who was. No, it was you. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. me. 
Yeah, well, it seems go back and listen to it. But yeah, they finished one point above Man United in that uh, probably the you know most memorable last day. I still remember Kenny Doug, someone, some fans screaming into Kenny Dalglish's ears on the, off the bench when you know again we didn't like people didn't have smartphones to know, so he probably had a boombox as well. And Dalglish is looking worried, <laughs> then all of a sudden start celebrating, and the players start celebrating, and yeah, it was one of those. It was a memorable moment of the nineties, wasn't it, Joe? Oh God, absolutely! I, I always remember Jamie Redknapp's face. Because uh, he scored the goal, yeah, the winner, won. yeah. He scored the winner, and it sort of, it was he kind of knew what it meant and what a problem it was, and he he sort of it was the most biscuit ass celebration of a goal I think I've ever seen, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm one of these who thinks you know when somebody scores against their own team and their old team and they don't celebrate. Yeah. I hate that. God, like go it? off, celebrate it. You play for the, you play for us now, or you play for them now. Go off and celebrate. I don't care if you were there for fifteen years and one of the fans delivered one of your children i don't care you've just scored against them ram it right up them you know (laughs) we are really going on one tonight aren't we (laughs) so yeah but red lap does the same thing whereas you know and i'm not a big fan of him but i will give him a pass on that one because that could have caused a riot if you say that but i think his career but even if that game had finished a draw if united have won then it wouldn't have still won the league anyway so as far that's something that I hadn't thought of. Blackburn were a point ahead of United going into that game, weren't they? So if that had finished a draw and United had won, still a point each. Yeah, so it's funny. Everyone thinks about that. Redknapp could have changed things, but really, if United had won that game, which they should have done, then that Redknapp goal wouldn't have made any difference. But it didn't matter anyway. And uh, yeah, the Blackburn yeah. team of Tim Flowers, Sherwood, Lasso, Ripley, and of course Richard Vistage. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever remembers. Uh, Henning Burr played in that team. Mark Atkins actually played 30 games that season, which I didn't know. Paul Walhurst, Ian Pierce was in that squad as well. So, yeah. As what I about said, Tony Gale? Tony Gale, I don't know. 15 games, 15 appearances that year. More than I thought. Uh, yeah. That's a steady. You get yes. a medal for that. Yeah. Mr. West Ham. Did, yeah. Get medal for five now. Yeah. Is, is that, that yeah. Is that the cast? Because it, it used to be 10, didn't it? Yeah. And it's it's now it's five. Yeah. Because um, Guardiola bought on. I think was it uh, Mangler, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two of them on so they could get the medals. Yeah, right at the end. I remember that season. United won it in '93, and Robson was on about six, and they were desperately bringing him on every game that they could to to get him that elusive league medal. But but uh, Shay Given was in that squad, and he didn't play a game, so he didn't get a medal. Oh well, a a young a young Shay Given. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Well, isn't it? What, didn't Arsene Wenger do that at Martin Keown one year and had a joke that he was going to bring him on and then he didn't bring him on and then he eventually did so he could get a medal? I can't remember what must it might have been the Invincible season. I think it may have been. I can't but wouldn't you want? Wouldn't you want to say no? You're right because you'd feel a bit of a prat, wouldn't you? Yeah. No, I'd want it. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> Give me the glory. I'd yes. want it. Yeah. Okay. Well, people, do you know what people want, Joel? They want to know your social media details because I've asked you once already and forgot about Blackburn. So let's let's do it now. Where can people find Sorry. you? They're about Blackburn. I think wasn't that by Eminem? <laughs> you haven't mentioned Top of the Pops yet. I haven't been watching it. I've been in. Oh. I know, and I only like. Yeah, we, we noticed that last week. Yeah. Well, yes. Um, I am at Joel Baby Herc. Uh, I haven't really been ranting on about anything. Eurovision. So you watched a bit of Eurovision. Eurovision. Oh yeah, Eurovision was fun. Yeah, yeah Eurovision was was good fun. Uh, but that's good fun. It's it's like Christmas, it's Twitter Christmas, isn't it? Eurovision. Yeah. Um, yeah so Joel maybe heard Facebook, uh, not Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, and, uh, friends, Instagram, friends reunited, MySpace, uh, Matthew. Yeah, where can people. people... <laughs> uh, yeah. Where can people find you, Matthew? Uh, you can find me at Matthew Christ on LinkedIn. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh hello. <laughs> Uh, paper round 1981 <laughs> no, that's me, that's me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stop, um, read, stop reading mine <laughs> and uh, yeah well, uh, at Matthew J Christ where you could read my in-depth interview with Elton Wellsby which is out today your best friend very good Wellsby. as well yeah no it's good oh, it's a good read you. and also yeah, to- talking of uh, great ends to a league season you still will never beat that 89 yeah i'll let, I'll let that yeah. one go. i'll let that yellow card go but what what yeah. i won't what i won't let go is talking to Eurovision. how like we collectively liked love city groove on saturday night when i tweeted oh yeah that. yeah what a tune i thought that record oh, it's a great thought record that. i was singing yeah. it in the shower on sunday morning could you, any chance you could get hold of them and 
I'd love to. Yeah. I don't even know. Then oh, I mean, I can Google it. I don't even know their names off the top of my head. I know the lyrics. Oh, baby, 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 you got me going crazy. I'm feeling kind of <laughs> high. No, I'll stop. I could sing the whole song. But yeah, thank you very much, Jens. It's been fun tonight. Um, we'll be back again next week. We've got a full length show. Yes, we're going to do an England theme. That's coming next week. So look out for that. Before we'll be back again with this week in the nineties next week. But until then, as always, I've been Ash Rose. This has been Alive and Kicking. Until next time, keep it nineties. Love-